0: This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason, and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. Well, here we go. It's Friday. I'm going to talk about my favorite subject, the United States Marine Corps. I don't know if it's fair to say it's my favorite subject. What would be my favorite subject? Hmm, interesting question. Could be bacon, mostly. I don't know. Anyway, I want to talk about the Marine Corps today, the tenacity of the Marine Corps. I'll try and get into a little bit here, if I can uh, get my thoughts around. It's Friday. I think I said that, didn't I? No, I didn't. I don't know if I did or I didn't. It is Friday. Uh, I realized over the last 48 hours, I went from being in in an incredibly great mood, almost euphoric, not really euphoric, just, you know, feeling very positive, very upbeat. And, man, the last two days, I'm like, I don't know, the people around here, you know, being on the East Coast, uh, and I should really say the Northeast, it's really a special kind of place. I don't know what to say about it, especially what is the question people not nice. Either way, I'm in the zone. Uh, I'm not going to let it bother me. I'm not going to let it slow me down, at least as best I can. But, you know, it it is easy to get tired, right? You just get sick and tired. Don't let it get to you. You got to keep looking up. There's no use in looking down. So here's what inspired me to bring this up. Um, I don't know, I guess about a week ago, I ran into a group of prior service Marines. Marines from Uh, 2-7 that served 65 to 69, Vietnam specifically. And I walked up to this table. I saw these Marines. There was a bunch of them. Uh, I guess the whole battalion got together. We we do our uh, reunions on the battery level, or if you may know it as the company level, they're doing it on the battalion level. I don't know how common or not that is. Uh, I don't really recall knowing people very well from the other batteries or the other companies, if you think on those terms. But I guess these guys did for whatever reason or decided to bring everybody together, whatever the case might be. Well, either way, uh, I see all these guys sitting at this table. They got the Marine Corps hats on. I see some of them walking around. I notice the shirts are all matched. I thought maybe they were golfing or something. It looks like a nice golf shirt. And then I see, uh, you know, I forget what it said on Marines 2-7. It was a patch or, a, you know, if it was sewn in there. And so I, I walked up to this table, and it was, uh, you know, these guys are uh, Vietnam-era veterans are there uh, with their wives. I don't recall if they all had wives. I don't think so. Uh, and anyway, I said to the guy, I said, well, you know, what are you guys doing here? And he said, well, we're having a reunion, uh, Marines from Two Sevens, And that's what he told me. 65 to 69. And uh, we had a little, a nice little exchange. And uh, I basically just thought, hey, I don't want to interfere. I don't want people. You ever somebody come up to you at the table and, you know, sometimes it's, you know, it's nice or friendly or whatever at first. And then about 20 minutes in, you're like, oh, my God, you're you're killing my dinner here. I don't don't know about you. I'm like, like, three minute hit. Good to go. Thanks for the hospitality. Move on. So I try to keep it brief. And I was just like, well, I think it's good. You know, you guys are getting together. We do, too, was kind of the message and Semper Fi on my way. And uh, I walked around the corner, and I heard one of the wives say, because, you know, they're all speaking like three times louder than the average person, so just loud enough for me to be able to hear. This is what my family says about me. What are you always screaming for? <laughs> I'm always screaming the way I talk. This isn't going to get any better either. But anyway, I heard one of the wives say, about me, and I had nothing Marine Corps on, she said, uh, you could tell he was a Marine. And, uh, you know, you get that uh, from time to time, and I have always kind of wonder what it is that uh, makes Marines stand out, what it is that makes Marines different. Now, of course, I understand that it's the small unit leadership, the uh, basic infantry training, and um, all these different things you, you could go into that make the Marine Corps unique from the other branches of service, but what is it at its core? And I realized, uh, and 2-7, if you don't know, uh, it's, I forget what their motto was, but they've lost Marines in every major conflict since World War II. There's huge sacrifices out of that unit. Look like at, you, know, you go to 2-7. And there's a good chance that, you know, you're going to get hit. Freaky, right? Just some of these units seem to, to fall into this category. And I don't know. Maybe the Marine Corps funnels, you know, a certain type of people into a certain type of unit. It wouldn't surprise me if they did, quite frankly. But who knows? I never heard anything in that regard. Either way, as I took in the, the, that little experience of that little exchange, which I have to tell you is always really genuine. And uh, I can't really explain it to you. I, I really can't. I, I I couldn't put words to it if I tried. There's just um, a common bond uh, that we share, and I don't know. I, I I don't know. You know, I know that it probably exists uh, you know, in other branches and perhaps other militaries, but among uh, you know Marines, it, there's uh, uh, a certain uh, connection, and it's not every Marine. You know, guys go into the holes and they walk away from it. And I did too for a while, quite frankly, I, you know, there, there was a time when I would not have done that. I just wouldn't have even mentioned it. My haircut was probably still a good. Way. I couldn't change everything, you know, but I, I wondered, you know, what is it? What is it? What is that? That Marine swagger, that Marine walk, that Marine talk, that Marine, what is it? You tell me. And I think some of it is the look a lot of times uh, is part of it. Anyway, but how would you describe it? And, and as I was you know thinking about 2-7 and our own unit, which just has this high level of camaraderie, uh, we would say esprit de corps. And um, you don't see that in, in every unit. Like I said, in fact, I would say to you it's relatively uncommon, even among Marine units. I would say more common among Marine units probably than others. Maybe not. I don't know. Like Army Green Berets and— you know, SEALs and things like that. Those guys seem to maintain their relationships after service. But what is it, you know, about the I think it's the, it's the tenacity. I really do. And, and I don't know if I'm making sense with that. But basically it's just uh, men and women, my mother being one of them, uh, have a willingness to take action and do it without any hesitation. You know I could tell you so many stories of of things that you know I've done um that uh you know the average person would couldn't even see themselves doing, and we do it <laughs> like automatically we're laughing at the people that that you know can i guess, and I'm talking about you know speaking up and um uh, defending yourself and and things like that i don 't know if i'm making complete sense with that, but there's this certain tenacity among marines and and like I said not you know not everybody's the same guys fall into this and that, but that tenacity generally speaking it goes through everything right uh you know to to the niniest little detail on the uniform to the shoes being perfectly shined and, and on and on. A lot of these things have changed, I guess sadly, I don't know. But either way, you just, you had people, and I think particularly uh, from that era, you know, probably from the 1990, I don't know, maybe even 2000, early 2000s, that era and prior, you know, there was some some really ruthless warriors that that were willing to stand up and and do what was needed to defend this country. And look at what happened after September 11th. The, the young men, young women that that stepped up and said, "We're not going to stand for this. We're going to go. We're going to go uh, make this fair and square." Anyway, tenacity. That's what it is with the with the with the Marines. And you know, uh, I mentioned, I think that I read a, a book. What was it called? Call Sign Chaos. Um, by Mad Dog Mattis, General Mattis. And he talked about this. He said, uh, what was it that he looked for in Marines that he wanted to promote? Um, tenacity, what was the other thing? I forget off the top of my head. But uh, able and willing, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. You can be able and not willing, and you've got nothing, and you can be willing and not able, and you've got nothing. And, of course, then you've got people that are not able <laughs> nor willing. And so how many people does that leave that are able and willing? <laughs> it sounds funny to talk. I sound like Kamala Harris, don't I? <laughs> if you were able and you decided to be capable, <laughs> but then decided that even if you were able that you probably would be capable, <laughs> we're, gonna, we're looking for capable people because they're the most capable. <laughs> what the hell was I saying? I, don't I talk myself in circles sometimes. What are you going to do? Tenacity. But, you know, there's a consequence to that, and there's a burden that comes with that. And that consequence is a willingness to take risks, right, you know, speak first. You know, like, you know the times I've said things like, hmm, that didn't go well, you know, <laughs> a lot. So it, it's, it's an amazing um, uh, tradition, I think, in, in many ways, expected, many of these things, going to be a Marine. And of course, you have quiet Marines, uh, but all in all, I would say to you, it's just you have a different kind of individual, generally speaking, that serves in the Marine Corps. And uh, anyway, I'm very proud to have met those Marines from 2-7, 1965 to 1969. Those guys knew what it meant to fight. They knew what it meant to sacrifice. And, uh, you know, they say freedom isn't free. But I, I want to tell you something else very important. you know. Uh, there's a lot of talk, right? The, the liberal side, the Democrat side, they want to help people. They want to be compassionate. Compassion. It's Obama. Compassion. I see this making a resurgence in the mainstream media. We need more compassion. In other words, you need to be, pay more in taxes is what that means. We weren't attracting to this country people that came here with their hands out. We, we were uh, attracting people that were tenacious about work and building families and churches and communities. And it was, it was really amazing, that tenacity, what it produced. And all I can say is God bless the Marine Corps for at least maintaining some kind of standard. Hopefully the, uh, this company has uh, some kind of tradition going forward. I think so. Let me just share this. This comes out of... Uh, Stars and Stripes, which is uh, stripes.com. I found this to be fascinating. A couple of things on here. I think you're going to find it interesting. It's amazing how everything's become liberalized, even the the military. And once again, I see the failures of it, The, the whole failure of the liberal agenda, pretty much from top to bottom, really. And, you know, I know that there's diehard liberals. Oh, no, no, no. And uh, even Trump's liberal policies, you know, <laughs> the spending, you don't think that Trump's spending contributed to inflation? You don't think Bush's spending, Obama's spending? No, just Biden's spending. We've been down this road before. Uh, Trump is very liberal, if you, if you think about it. But anyway, all failed, Paul, and I think the liberal policies of Trump and the Kenzanian economic model it's all failed. The, mo- the money value's got to be tied to something. He knows that. He'll know this. This isn't like, uh, you know, Chris has unlocked some secret down here in the studio. What's, Trump's a, um, uh, what's he call it? Uh, what's the, Wharton, Wharton School of Business. They don't teach that with fiat money comes inflation. They don't teach at Wharton that ultimately fiat money systems always fail. Question of how. Anyway, uh, back to the military and the liberalization. And if it's it's failed for everything else, what would you think the, the liberalization of the military would work out? Why would you expect that? I don't know. So here's the first thing I want to mention. They say social media and influencers are the key to military recruitment. They're having an awful time right now recruiting people. All right? And what do they blame it on? Let me see. Do I have it here? I thought I had the list open. Don't do this to me. Um, I think I think they're 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 confused. The youth market, the youth market is increasingly. That's how they talk about people. The youth market is increasingly disconnected and unfamiliar with the military. With only one in eleven eligible individuals between the ages of seventeen and twenty-four showing a propensity to serve. Who writes like this? According to Lieutenant General Carolyn Miller, the Dutch Deputy Chief of Staff for Manpower. Personnel and services for the Air Force. Well, I guess she's who talks like that. Or they. Let me be careful. Only 23% of young people are fully qualified to enlist, while the rest are disqualified for obesity, addiction, medical, and behavioral health conditions and other issues. We anticipate the recruiting environment to be even more challenging in 2023 and beyond, Lieutenant General Miller said. Historically low level of interest among young people, as well as a strong labor market and intense competition with the private sector, are all expected to continue contributing to recruitment woes. Really. And then I'll share you, with you my opinion on this in a second. Uh, National Guard. This is from the same uh, you know page here, basically. Stars and Stripes. This is the military's own information, all right? I'm going to say, well, we can't get anybody to join uh, because of the strong labor market, and uh, the kids are too fat. Once again, the government does a great job of, of blaming the taxpayer. It's unreal. It really is. It's your fault. The fat kids can't do anything about it. There's a lot they could do about that. They already are. They're going to have like a, a pre boot camp. Unbelievable. But listen to this, the National Guard could lose up to 14,000 soldiers in the next two years because of the COVID vaccine mandate. The Army National Guard is already operating at 90% of its goal and strength. And now it's going to get down more, uh, 336,000, not a huge, huge drop. I'll tie this together for you in a second. Marine Corps boss. This is the headline. This is what this says. If you've ever been in the military, particularly if you ever served in the Marine Corps, you know what I'm talking about right now. Marine Corps boss. What it was a, hey, hey, boss, don't talk like that in the Marine Corps. Let me finish. I'll come back to that. Marine Corps boss, they say. I don't know if this is the, uh, the same Air Force Lieutenant General. He, she, they, I don't know. They say that the Marine Corps boss. Says war in Ukraine validates his vision for services future. What an idiot! So this is a uh, the commandant of the Marine Corps, the services top general. What the hell ever happened to commandant of the Marine Corps? Where's the respect? Well, I'm not sure that he, she, they has earned it anyway to make such a stupid statement when recruitment is so low. <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you what, with the Ukraine thing going on, I do so wish my son wasn't in the military. I don't want him going over there. Nobody in their right mind wants to go, oh, that's where we want to be. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it will attract some Marines. You know, Marines can be pretty thick-headed on these things. And then this, uh, my son mentioned this to me. I told him this was going to happen, too. Air Force Secretary reverses cuts in special duty pay. They come down and they're like, yeah, they're going to be cutting all the special duty pay in the Air Force. It's costing $190 million a year. And my son, uh, who will end up being uh, in, I guess, what would you say, special operations, um, you know, they get a lot of special duty pay. He's getting it now. So he's like, what do you mean you're going to cut it? I said, don't worry about it. They're not going to cut anything. Well, then they come back and say, no, ah, no cuts. I'm like, so in other words, everybody just got what they were getting with no increase, and they're happy to get it, right? This is the way the military plays. So let's talk about recruitment a second. Oh oh, yeah, it's because the kids are fat and out of touch. We need social media. You remember the commercial that I talked about that where the recruitment video where they had the what was it the the girl with two moms and she had the teddy bear and and it was like a, a teletubbies commercial. And she's got the heart of a lion. Join the army today. Who is that going to attract? Well, listen. Um, I don't need to say it. I think it's already well known. Let me tell you. I, I snapped a picture. Uh, of something that I saw in terms of, of military readiness, and it was unbelievable to me that how uh, standards have been compromised. Uh. Things are, uh, when the hair regulations, non-existent. It goes on and on. Uniform changes or, or uh, you know, you don't have to, to dress appropriately. They relax the tattoos. They needed to go the other way. This is the same thing that has happened with the liberalization of some churches. They've allowed it to be watered down. They're no longer a resemblance of what they once were. I don't know that I would be attracted to the Marine Corps of today the way I was to the Marine Corps that I joined. I hate to freaking say that. It disturbs me. It really does. I don't know what my mother would say. Crazy. But back to the recruitment thing a second. You know, they're messing with their pay. They're forcing them to get vaccinated. How much of a role is that playing? I'm going to guess about 25%, 30%, maybe even more now. What am I basing that on? Well, about 25%, 30% of the population isn't vac- vaccinated. And remember what I was saying earlier when I said it was uh, sounding like uh, Kamala Harris? I said you got able and willing, all right? That's what the military needs. All the Able and not willing, no good. Willing and able, no good. And neither, no good. All right, now, I don't know what the demographic breakdown of each of those categories is, but let's just assume that it's 25%. Which of those 25% do you think probably wouldn't want to get vaccinated? Just by way of example. No wonder nobody's joining. Then you've got this schmuck in the White House. Listen, I called this the, the, the disaster of Afghanistan before it happened. If you listen to this podcast, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I was a stinking E four when I got out. I wasn't I was some uh, 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 you know uh, F M F pack general for God's sake. You you could see the train wreck coming, the way they did that. I I said it. Marines are gonna die. So you know, you take anybody with an IQ above three. What's my IQ? Two and a half. You know, so you want to get somebody a sharp kid in there, and he's looking at this whole situation. So let me get this straight. I'm going to join the military. The standards that once were, that, that, that made us, uh, were symbols of our pride, which is what attracted us to the military, they don't exist in the same way. I'm going to join. You're going to be force me to be COVID vaccinated now and who knows what down the road. Just on a whim, you're going to force me to either take a shot and just get out and just be discarded. There's no loyalty to me. Why would I have any loyalty to you? If that's not enough, you're going to you're force all this uh, gay, queer, uh, transgender crap down my throat. Who knows if I'm not going to have some dude with breasts in my unit that I'm going to have to call they or I'm going to face disciplinary action. I can't imagine why anybody wanted to, doesn't want to join. You know what? Maybe social media is the answer. Maybe it really is. Maybe we need some more teddy bear commercials. Maybe we should ask the they general in the Air Force. Hey, they, what do you say? I don't know. It's unreal to me. How much are these generals making? How much money are they sucking up to destroy our military and come up with these stupid ideas? It's ridiculous. I don't know how many people listen to this podcast, write to their congressmen, but you need to make a statement. Stop the liberalization of our, of our military. Cut the transgender crap, the, all of it. Get back to basic standards, something that we can be proud of for God's sake. What has anybody had to be proud of in this country right now? Tell me. Tell me what you had to be proud of as American. No wonder everybody's depressed, anxiety all over the day. Oh, the new the new uh, pandemic is, is, is depression and anxiety. The new pandemic? Holy cow. <laughs> I'm trying to be positive, you know? Uh, let me share with you. God's from the state of the military. You're welcome for that update. Nobody's going to give it to you straight like that. I'm telling you, it's concerning. I think there's a lot of good people. But it's concerning. All right, a couple of emails I wanted to mention. Our buddy Alan from Georgia. Alan, my brother, thanks for, for writing. You know, Alan, the way you wrote the email, is like you, you thought I would forget who you were. How could I forget who you were? I have your letter here in the studio. I appreciate it. Anyway, Alan says, he says, uh, don't change the format. You know, I was talking the other day about the possibility of changing the format. Um, interesting perspective. I I, you know, I don't know if I would make a radical, you know, there, there was a lot of playing around and I've gone through the history. And if you've been listening that long, you know, I mean, there was just some like 15, 18 minute podcasts back in the day, single topic podcasts. And it really worked well, which I guess is why the idea kind of popped in my head again. Uh, and then I went for a long time. It was like over an hour every day. It was amazing. Really? It was an amazing time. And then we settled on this 40 minutes a day. The main reason I couldn't keep going over an hour, I mean you hear me talking, there's so much to talk about. I could go I could do 3 hours no problem. Uh but I just don't have that kind of time to sit here and yammer on. I had to cut it off. So I guess for my sanity and yours, 40 minutes seem to be the sweet spot. I think it kind of is. You know, it's kind of the length of time that I'll listen to a podcast basically. So, anyway, Alan says uh, don't change the format. I appreciate that. And Alan said that he noticed that since the beginning of the podcast that there's more of a national, uh, less, I'm sorry, of a national, well, he said more of a local focus than there was in the past. And I'm glad you mentioned that because, see, that's a careful thing. If you're in a podcast, I mean, really, we have an international audience. Where, you know, We have listeners all over. Now, the bulk of them are in the United States, but we do have listeners uh, in many, many, almost all the countries. Uh, it's been a while since I've looked. I don't think we're in every country, but almost all of them. We have listeners. Pretty amazing, right? You're probably just trying to hack into my email account or something like that. But as far as right now, they count as li- count as listeners. Uh, but the reason that I bring up some of the local political issues was to try and demonstrate, you know, what's likely going on or similar things in in other places. And uh, but I got to tell you, I, I I need to get away from all that, and, and I'll tell you why. Let me let me just spell this lunacy out. I think I've I've said all these things in disconnected path. Um, you know how, how is it there's a hurricane in in Puerto Rico? Now, granted, I don't watch cable news, and I'm not on any of the social media, so maybe I'm missing something, but. You know, when there's a hurricane down there, and Trump was president, Trump went down there. Trump tried to do everything, and they blamed him for a botched response. And now there's not even really much talk about a response. Biden, I don't think has mentioned it. Boy, things have really changed, haven't they? Amazing, and we're supposed to believe that? This nonsense. Uh, I see the the articles now. I think I think I have a, a piece of it here. You know, the, the Republican attack on freedom, a Republican attack on freedom, uh, to, to restore the Second Amendment, to reduce taxes, to reduce regulation, and that's an attack on freedom. And just, uh, you know, liberals, they get a pass. Uh, liberals, uh, the ideology is good automatically, according to the media. There's such a slant. It's such BS. And and the politics is, look at, look at what they're doing to Trump right now with the lawsuits and They're just filing this stuff feverishly, ironically timed, right? All coming together right before the midterms. And there was no coincidence there. And one by one, these things will get dropped by judges and just fade away into the sunset. Anyway, Alan, thank you. Uh, Don't change the format. I, I shouldn't have said, I guess I did say change the format. I don't know if I will. I don't really have an idea what to change it to. So for right now, we're just right where we are. I go through these phases sometimes. I'm like, maybe we need to change things. And then I appreciate you settling me down on that, Alan. Anyway, uh, my brother Dave, Dave from Alpha Battery. Dave says I should advertise the podcast. He says, uh, since you brought it up, you need to advertise the show. Since you're no longer going to run for commissioner there. Uh, There was no conflicts of interest. Anything to help you get the word out will help. Word of mouth isn't going to cut it. We tried it. I talked with anyone who would listen, and they would listen for a while, but then would slowly start listening part-time. I think there's a lot. You know, it's a special kind of person that uh, would listen to commentary and not. um, I don't listen to podcasts every single day, you know. Um, so everybody listens a little differently, right? That's a kind of part of the thing. I hope that, you know, to you hope to make a, um, you know, memorable to somebody that they'll come back, you know, it's like Alan said in his email too, Hey, your podcast has always been like a conversation with friends over a fence. And that's a good reminder for me. That's all I really wanted it to be, you know, you know, Hey, you know, you're getting, you're getting duped by this whole abortion talk. Are you pro? You're pro-abortion and pro-life. I'm for some for somebody paying for their own problems. You figure out what to do with it. That's where I'm at. Anyway, I don't want to get too off point. Dave says do some advertising. Um, Well, I'll tell you, my plan on that is uh, I'm probably going to at least do some testing on gab. I'm thinking, you know, that'll be nice and controversial. Maybe get some mainstream media attention. Another radical. Right-wing Christian extremist advertising on Gab. They can put my face next to Doug Mastriano. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to see him uh, here in Pittsburgh, uh, rumored to be. i got a lot going on, so many dates. There's the uh, state representative here who's going to be down at the VFW. Nancy Price called me today. I said I wasn't going to talk about the local stuff, right? Um, lots of Lots of campaign stuff. We'll see. I don't know how much of that stuff I can handle. But anyway, uh I want to consolidate the the websites. Right now I have Christopher Scott dot com, um, uh Project and the New Republican And I did that for strategic reasons. And I think it was foolish, really. I don't think it's working very well. And it's costing me money that is unnecessary. So Basically, I am going to take the – I do want the content, the um, Project Common Sense, the book, um, The Lost Principles of Common Sense. That, that's a, a good, really good work that I did there. And I don't think I've been able to really get it out. That's audio, all audio, a couple hours. That's good stuff, um, projectcommonsense.org. And uh, anyway, I think, I think a lot of people would be downloading and listening to that if it was on my website. I'm reasonably sure, but I need to do that. And then same with the NewRepublicanProject.com. The booklet that I did, New Republican Project, ironically enough, which I did primarily to gear up to run for commissioner and now I'm not, but the booklet's phenomenal and uh, also available digitally and on audio. So anyway, I'm going to put that all together on the website. That's going to help things a lot right there. Uh, people will come for that and then check out the podcast And then even as far as advertising, right, it gives me, uh, you know, more material on the website, which is what you'd direct them to. So anyway, I appreciate it, my brother Dave. Derek, it was good to hear from you. So Derek had reached out a year ago. You got quite the eclectic uh, lineup here in the emails. Uh, Alan, who's been a longtime listener. Dave's been listening quite a long time. Dave, I've known since the Marine Corps. And Derek here, I don't think quite as long, but he had reached out to me last time a year ago. And he said, you know, our issue in this country today is it comes down to morals, and um, I couldn't agree more. You know, people that are able and willing to do the right thing tenaciously, you know, that that's isn't that what we're talking about? When we talk about morals. Well, here's what I say with that: you got to start with gratitude, in my opinion. You know, I, we get into these. Uh, and I know there's many of you who are very theologically schooled and. I know, I know. We love you. I'm just a very simple guy, though, right? You want to talk about uh, God and salvation and redemption and, oh, <laughs> there's scary stuff. How about you just have a conversation about a creator God, all right? I heard somebody else talking about it, really. I I, felt, I was like, man, the world's getting out. This this podcast, I think, is like a little seed. You know, at this podcast, it's like the uh, – what are the dandelions when they turn into the, like the the white puffy thing you pull? It's just one of those little seeds. It just goes and a little word pops out there, and maybe that's just the role of the podcast. You know, maybe that's the way it is. We're getting to the people that are getting to the people. I guess I don't know. I may never know. Either way, gratitude. Think about it. You know, if you're not thankful, what are you? Depressed by uh, default, actually. And I see this with people that, you know, they don't believe in God. They're not spiritual. Not all the time. Not all the time. And they'll blame it on something else. When we have no hope, when you you don't, what is the, the whole purpose of prayer, really? Mainly to give thanks to God. I guess you could say more than that. Not the only thing, but not even the main thing. I don't know. Why do we pray? For one reason, to give thanks to God, right? Why is that so important? Well, because it is a feeling hopeful that there is a God and, and having that faith and looking at things through a positive lens to say, wow, you know, I have a roof over my head. The heat is on. And people may respect these things once again. You know, it's amazing how things work out. But I say gratitude. And I think it's a lesson that I learned from my mother. I really do. She used to have a saying, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Show a little gratitude. And it's something that I've worked hard to instill in my children. I really do. I think it's the basic of, of, of being a of basic of your moral base, Derek, to your point. Should be able to show a little appreciation for God's sake. Life isn't perfect. In fact, life is hard, brutally hard. All right. got to move on here. I want to mention a bunch of things here, rapid fire, before we run out of time. On this fun-filled Friday, we're going to head into a big weekend. I want you to do a little work on yourself. I want sweat. I want reading time. Let's get our discipline back. we got to get into it here. We're going into the fall. Let me tell you, people let things go during the fall, and they start to get put on a little weight. If I'm going the other way, I'm, like, I'm going to trim down, because you start letting go now. It's the days are getting shorter, and the next thing you know, you're looking in the mirror in November, and you're thinking, oh my God, what have I done? All right, either you packed on another ten or you packed it back on. I know I'm in the same boat. We're going to stick together. All right, uh, epic times. Grassroot grassroots election integrity movement uh, sweeps the nation. I've been talking. It's huge. People are taking action. They're watching these polls. They're getting involved. God willing, we're going to have a fair ele- election, uh, and maybe uh, the, the Roe v. Wade reversal. Uh, in some indirect way will clear the path, the people uh, waking up their conscience. Uh, Human remains can be legally used as compost in 2027 in California. Uh, They'll put you in a box with wood chips and allow you to decompose, and they say that it's better for the environment, I guess. uh, uh, Okay. Uh, this I see as being purely inflammatory. People, There was going around in the media, oh, look at the liberal California. They don't They don't even let you die, right? Uh, it, it's really just to stir up controversy. It's been going on a long time. Um, closer than uh, most people realize, alarm over the GOP plot to change the Constitution. I think I mentioned this the other day. Yeah, to restore states' rights and some kind of sanity to our government. Imagine that. Radical, I say. Uh, how to leave Russia? What is going on with Putin and Russia? This is serious news, don't you think? I'm sure we're going to be talking about it. How sunlight? Uh, and, but the, the news reports here are that everybody's trying to get out of Russia. I would think that some are, or all. Would people do the same here? Uh, if if Biden was it was doing things like Putin, if, if Biden decided to invade Mexico, people start fleeing this country. Interesting thought, right? How sunlight could turn seawater into freshwater for coastal cities. I've been saying that people are oh, you're not desalination. That's what it's called. How sunlight could turn seawater into fresh and the, and and the, the, the boobus Americans. Who was it that used to say that boobus Americans? Oh, um, um, oh, Irv Irv Homer from W W D B Philadelphia. Uh, back in about I don't know 1992, 1988 to 1985 to 1995, let's call it. Irv Homer. I don't know if he's still alive anymore. Boobus Americans desalination. Oh, look it's green technology using sunlight to create water. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks. I don't. That's the new green deal. Hey, look, <laughs> sunlight that turns seawater. Wow. How amazing. Thank goodness we have Biden. More than 60% of the Republicans want the United States uh, to establish a national religion of Christianity. They want a Christian nation. I don't care if 600% want it. It's a stupid idea. You don't nationalize Christianity. How moronic. I don't know know how foolish people's uh, religious beliefs are. I don't know how you say that with a straight face. Christianity is not to be nationalized. Christians are, are, are not of a nation or of this world, right? They're of the body of Christ. That's how we view it. Now, it's not to say that we're not citizens of a country and that we can't be proud of the countries that we live in, but I will be totally against the nationalized religion. Worst idea ever. You don't you don't uh, create good moral values in a moral Society willing to do right by forcing it on them. It takes a convincing argument. You're going to force religion. Then, to me, that's no different uh, than uh, forcing people to pay for other people's college. No difference, in my opinion. Just as egregious. Democrats shift strategies to keep the majority. They basically gave up on everything uh, with their agenda. Sensible chocolate goals. How far does the lunacy go? Listen to this, how people are being fooled. This is from WND. It says the elites are changing uh, America's language itself so that people's words and therefore their very thoughts inevitably come under the control of the ruling class. It's really kind of crazy when you think about it. Crazy when you think about how many times, oh, the we, the they, or these. And every time it's said, you brought up it, something goes through your head. It's like gotten everybody's head. No wonder everybody's depressed and crazy you got to check this out, but this issue of, 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 of confusing language is biblical. I'll be back Monday. God willing, see you there.